Hello, welcome to the Sports Community Collective brought to you by sportisrael.com, the free to register social community platform that's dedicated to sports. This is a brand new podcast where we'll bring together a number of our community managers from the available 120 sports communities we have to discuss the topics of the day and answer the burning questions in the football world. In today's episode, I'm joined by Sean Hamilton from the Irish Anfield Road podcast and our resident Premier League community manager, Robert Hughes. We'll be discussing the FIFA World Cup being held in Dubai, the group stages and a preview of the last 16 as teams battle for a place in the quarterfinals. Hi, Sean. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad, not too bad. I'm enjoying the World Cup, lots of football, lots of excuse to sit and watch the, the football in the background at work, you know. And obviously you've got your Liverpool shirt on. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm a big, big Liverpool fan, but I mean, obviously, first and foremost, a big football fan, so it's um, it's a delight to have football on, you know, irrespective of where it is or what the context is, you know. Yeah, we're trying to avoid getting into the political stuff that everybody else discusses, all that sort of stuff, and we just focus on the football itself. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Out the World Cup at the moment, who in terms of the teams, who's impressed you the most? Joe, you know, I've made I've made a note of three teams here. First and foremost, Argentina. Okay. For the simple fact that they had that massive shock in the big game. Mm. And then they had the first half of the second game where they didn't really turn up and then Messi turned up. And obviously in the first game, the third game they had a, a convincing victory. And it seems to me like when you see a lot of World Cups in the past, and I'm by no means an expert, a lot of teams that seem to win seem to kind of have to find themselves a little bit of form as the competition mm. goes along. So I'm liking the way Argentina are playing. And plus the messy fairy tale is um is something that's hard to look past, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Um apart from that, England. Now, uh, people listening to this podcast will know I'm a big scouter and people obviously know me for me, Liverpool Football Club podcast. So by no means am I an England fan. Definitely not. But <laughs> you can't argue with the pedigree, you know. You've got Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's their choice right back. You know, you've got the likes of Kane, who has been scoring, who's been setting up. Rashford come off the bench on fire. And I've got that solid back line with John Stones and Harry Maguire, which for all Maguire's stick he gets. When an England shirt is on, he seems to kind of step up to the plate. And obviously you've got the likes of Declan Rice, world-class midfield, alongside yeah. whether that's Bellingham or Henderson. So you, you can't really look past someone like England. And uh, obviously the third team, I'm going to be very boring. I'm going to say this is obviously France. Mm-hmm. As I say, um, the world stars they have, you know, they, I think they're going to cruise to Canada the last eight, you know, maybe semi-finals at least. So I know it's very boring and very predictable, but, you know, you get asked a question, you have to kind of be honest as well. Between yeah. Argentina, England and France, I think um, you can't really look past them nations, you know. But I'll, I'll give you a bit of an outside Outside bet just for sheer, um, Go on, yeah. just a, a good feeling I've got Croatia. Okay, Cro- you know with Modric in midfield, it's like the midfield general. They've got a lot of youngsters kind of in and around them. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to try and pronounce names and, and embarrass myself, <laughs> but you know we've got experience at the back with the likes of Dejan Lovren, and they all seem to end in Z. But the the pacey, the fiery, and uh, they did get to the um, European final there a few years ago. Last so time, yeah. they've got experience. Yeah, they've got experience. So Croatia is an outside bet, but England, France, and Argentina would be my teams to watch. What about Spain, Brazil? Some of the other favourites in there. Yeah, the thing about Brazil is because of the favourites, it's kind of like you don't really want them to do well. Yeah. And when you've got the likes of Neymar and Charleston playing for them, you're sitting there and you're going, I really, really don't want them to do well. Yeah. Obviously, Alisson, the Liverpool connection, I love Alisson, and you can't look past the likes of Daniel Alves at right back and Thiago Silva, 36, 37, in the fence. And Spain, obviously, 
Spain are well drilled team, aren't they? You know, they've got that Gabby in midfield, a young boy, Ferran Torres up front. You know, Maratta coming off the bench, scoring. Don't think Maratta's done in about five years, but great teams. Yes, I think that they're well drilled, but I don't see world stars that are gonna change games. I don't think Neymar has, has ever been what he's been hyped to be. Mm. I don't think the likes of you know Maratta for Spain is a is a massive massive world class player. I just don't see them being. I don't see them as good as England or France to be honest. And they don't have the the, the fairy tale of, of Messi either. So yeah, no. So I think Neymar's out. Or rumoured to be out for the rest of the the competition, anyway, isn't he? Well, I think from what I heard, he's back for the for the last sixteen there. But sure, only time will tell. You know, Brazil Brazilians like to play a lot of mind games, don't they? You know, he's yeah, going yeah. back with Ronaldo in the last in a couple of World Cups ago and stuff. And it, who knows? But the thing about someone like Neymar is you guarantee if he plays or not. If they get to the final, he'll make himself fifth fifth bench. Yeah. You can absolutely guarantee that, Rob. Who's impressed us most in terms of the teams in the competition so far? I think Canada were very hard done by in their games. They just couldn't finish their chances. They've been the most entertaining ones to watch. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's been the teams that have been on the counters, like Japan. And I think it was, was it Ghana as well? They've been trying to get teams on the counter. Other than that, I think all the top teams have been very disappointing, including England. Don't think any of them deserve to win it outright. It was not a favourite. I mean, look at Spain last night. They're what? one nil up and cruise in and then end up going on to lose the game. Hmm. Do you think that's because it was the last game almost took the opportunity to rest some people for the last 16? They obviously nearly blew it, but managed to get through. Same with kind of Brazil tonight and, and some of the other sides uh, just maybe resting a few players. I think England did it as well against Wales. Yes and no. It's a World Cup. You go to win every game. You don't go to cruise. It's happened every single game. Take the Japan group. Japan beat Spain and Germany, but lost to Costa Rica. They went mm. to play every game, whereas all the top clubs just haven't turned up. They may have scored six goals in games, but they've all looked beatable. I think there's a modern trend in, in the European football now where with fixture list and you know within the leagues, you know the top five leagues, like France, Portugal, England. Spain and Germany, you, you've got this kind of European style of no players can play three games in a week now. You kind of have players that, you know, are always coming in and out and players play a game and a half. And it seems to be a trend that's happening in a lot of your, the European teams, I think. You look to like to Spain and England and, and stuff like that, and even France to a degree. They, they seem to be thinking, right, we need to rest players Germany for did. the knockout games. And it, it could backfire, it could backfire because they might not be as sharp. But it, it's, it, if they go on and win the competition, it's, it's a smart decision, isn't it? If they, if, they, if they end up losing players, you know, it's not. But it's each to their own, I think. But I think it's a European trend at the moment, and I can't agree with you. Robert, I think that maybe to World Cup, you should go to your strongest 11 every single game, every single minute, you know. Germany tried doing that and it didn't do him any good. Exactly. But I don't think the Germans are what they once were, you know. No. And, they don't, uh, don't have a striker. That's their issue. And then Spain yes. had exactly the same issue when they took Morata off. They needed yeah. goals and they took him off. Yeah, that's it. And as I say, it's, the squads aren't as strong as they once were. And you think the likes of Germany and Spain might be living on reputation a little bit. Obviously, mm. Germany are out now, but I mean, I think yeah. they, 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 yes, no, they still have the players. They're just, they are missing one player. That is it. The squad's strong. Do you, do you think part of the issue with the, the bigger size not performing as, as well as maybe they should do is a hangover of where the competition is in the season? Yeah, I mean, you could argue, but you could also argue that it's going to be more sharper. And this is what the, the good point mm. that Robert made there about, about teams not playing the, the, the strongest lineups every game. Maybe there's a little bit of thought process of these boys having had a rest for years and you know give them a rest when you can. 
because you know in seasons gone by you have that two or three week build up don't you? you have a couple of friendlies where in those two or three friendlies you make sure everyone gets a game everyone gets minutes you know there was famous games you know, back in the day where Phil, Phil Wilcock was the England squad Fengor Eggs made sure that he played just so he played for England and you give the, the second goalkeeper and even the third goalkeeper a game and you build yourself in the World Cup where everyone's played so you don't really need to kind of give boys minutes and stuff because it's the middle of the season it's kind of like it's a different mindset I don't know much of the heat's coming into it to be honest because apparently all the stadiums are air conditioned aren't they so I don't know if that comes mm. into it they are patient, yeah yeah, so I don't know if that comes into it as much, but I think a big thing is, you know, these players haven't had a lot of time to prepare for this World Cup, and I think it's two sides of the coin. One way you can look at it is the sharp, they're ready to go. Another way of looking at it is they haven't had the build-up that they're normally used to, so you need to get lads minutes, but I don't know. It's a, it's a hard one to, to, to chat about, really. But if you yeah. take out the top European teams, so you can say about hangover, but then you've got teams like Uruguay, most of their players don't play in the top leagues. Their season's been over and done with. They haven't done well. Uh, Japan, most of their squad play in Japan or in other leagues. I'd say they're the only ones that have been consistent. So other yeah. than that, about the big teams, all right, France have cruised, but they don't look as good as what they did in the last tournament. Well, Morocco have a lot of players in the European leagues. Morocco have probably been the, the standout performers in, in the tournament at the moment. Like Switzerland um, tonight played really well as well. Yeah, Switzerland are a good team. Shout out to Shakiri, midfield, Liverpool player there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the likes of your, the likes of your Switzerland's, I was going to say Belgium, but that's a different story. But the likes of your Switzerland's and teams like that, just those teams have got a lot of a lot of European players that are playing in the top European leagues. They might not be the big names, but they can put a shift in. It's a cup competition, and it doesn't matter what cup competition is, it doesn't matter what format it is, it doesn't matter what team it is. Any given team can go on a cup run, and there's always an outsider that comes out of nowhere and, and shocks people. But as I was saying before, I can't see past England, France, or as I say, the wee fairy tale story of Messi. So go on then. Out of those three, pick pick one to win. Yeah. Oh, hey. anyone but England. <laughs> anyone but England, please. Anyone but England. How about this? England, England, Argentina final, and uh, Messi they takes the hand out of Maguire and scores a last minute goal. How's that for you? Should we put a bet on that? <laughs> Why not? Why not? You know what I mean? It's one of those. It's, it's like the last dance, isn't it? Um, we haven't even mentioned Portugal. I'll put Portugal in that category. The likes of Croatia, Switzerland, a team that, as we know, they can put a run together. I'm a great player like Fernandes in midfield. You just, you just never know. Yeah. Out of the first round of 16 games, obviously, uh, Netherlands, USA, Argentina, Australia, Japan, Croatia, Brazil, South Korea, England, Senegal, France, Poland, Morocco, Spain, Portugal, Switzerland. What's your pick of those ties? I would say they're, it's hard, it's, they're all, this is where the, the big boys are, are kind of get made there, isn't it? Who did you say Croatia was playing there? They're playing Japan. Yeah. I think that's a standout tie because I think that's a, Japan, as you mentioned, Robert, Japan have been a really, really kind of a bit of a story of the World Cup. And, you know, if Japan... Hey, I, I said Croatia's my outside but they're beatable. And Japan, um, Japan, you know, if they win one more game, they're in the quarterfinals and they're going to be everyone's second I think they team. will nick that game. Do you think? Yeah. Croatia's main issue is scoring goals. If you can keep them quiet, Japan don't mind a team having possession. Last night, they, they don't care. Like, they can get them on the counter. Really, last night, that game should have been put to bed. They should have been four goals up. And who have England got? We've got Senegal, so I think we're out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Is a Senegal, no money and stuff. It's kind of like, you know, England should please pass them, but there's no easy game. And yeah. And who have Brazil got? Korea. Yeah, they will walk that. And then France. I think France have got an interesting title. Poland, Poland yeah. That, I think... That's not as as full conclusion as you think as well, you know, because Poland are the type of team that 
like your Portugal's, like your Switzerland, you know, on any given day they can beat a team and it just depends if Mbappe turns up for them, doesn't it? So Mbappe has turned up and he hasn't. He hasn't been the same sort of player he was in the last tournament. I'm not sure if that's because of where they're playing him or what, but it's not the same player watching him. He's fit. He has moments, doesn't he, Mbappe? I think that's what you can say about all the big world-class players is you might not see or hear them for 60 minutes and then boom, two goals. And that's that's Mbappe for you. That's Messi for you. We, Messi proved that, didn't he, in the second game for Argentina. Out of nowhere, 30-yarder, you know. And then there's a po- Ooh, Portugal guy. I think that's a spicy tie, isn't it, if I remember? Switzerland. Now, that, that's a 50-50 game, hmm. you know. But you again, they should have put um, thingy to bed tonight. Switzerland should have been about two, three goals clear of Serbia. Easy. They had the chances, they just didn't take them. Yeah, so that... that, that I'm more looking forward to ties like that, you know, guys. You know, the Swiss and Portugal ties where it's 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 anyone's game, you know. Hmm. You, you fancy England to steamroll Senegal, you fancy Brazil to steamroll as a South Korea, you know, France probably to get past Poland, but the likes of Switzerland and Portugal, they're a good game. And who's Morocco got? Well, Morocco, Spain, that was the one that stands out for me. I think that's going to be quite an open match. I think Morocco may not again. Yeah. Watch. Spain are all right with possession, but Morocco didn't mind having you on the counter. And Spain looked all out of sorts last night. Yeah. Why they didn't take De Gea over that Une Simon, I don't know. <laughs> looked terrible in the last couple of games. Yeah, it wouldn't be that much of a shock, would it, if like Morocco beat Spain, or would it? I don't know. Not after yesterday. Yeah. One big upset is the USA knocking Holland out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's possible as well. It seems like the teams like Canada, USA, um, some of the African countries, they, they've kind of gone more down the lines of the big, strong, pacey players and, and almost filled their side with those. Whereas the USA's midfield, they've just got an engine room. Like you've got McKinney, yeah. their whole midfield, they can just run 490. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're going to get in those last 16 ties so it's eight matches all together I think I'm going to predict at least maybe three half them at least three of them going down to extra time and penalties you can have a lot of edgy games you know you really really are and I don't see many games maybe the England-Senegal game stand out to me and maybe the Brazil-South Korea one that maybe they might walk through but all the other ties look very tight and there's def- I put, put it down on my money now there's definitely going to be at least three or four penalty shootouts you know mm. and that's where heartbreak, heartbreak happens isn't it you know so <laughs> But it only takes, you know, a Poland or a Switzerland or a you know a Portugal to win a couple of penalty shootouts and they're in the semi-finals. Well, I think there know? may be three or four upsets out of those eight games. I think so, but you know, is this the way they've been played? Is this the turn of a new world order? Is this this the likes of Germany and Belgium and all those sort of teams kind of falling away, and the likes of Canada, USA, the African countries, the South American countries coming to the fore and starting to really push their way of play and start to do well in competitions yeah I wouldn't say so because I think you always get a couple of big nations to get knocked out you know England have been famous for it you know in the past you know Belgium they're serial failures aren't they they're, they're like Spurs if you can compare them to the club side they're like I the Spurs it's more Arsenal <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you, you you see the comparison making, then I think the likes of Germany, the, the Asian team and stuff, and then um, Spain, as you say, if Morata doesn't turn up, then they're not really a team, are they? Mm. They don't have an attacking point. They're right. They've got all the flair and the passing, like Gavi and Pedri, but I didn't really think Pedri had a good game. Gavi was a standout player in the first half, but second half, they're terrible. Yeah, I mean, one thing's for sure is there's going to be a lot of edgy, cagey affairs. I, I don't see many, as I said before, I don't see many many goals, to be honest with you. I don't see a lot of goals in these games, you know. But I, I, I agree with Robert. I think Morocco could knock Spain out. Mm-hmm. I think he could flip a coin between Swi- Switzerland and Portugal. Uh, did you say Holland are playing USA? 
Yeah. yeah. I think that, that could be a high-scoring game. I think Holland are going to win that game. I think they've got the experience on USA, but USA a team that could, could be the surprise package of the tournament because they're a the team that could win on pens because they're well-drilled, well well-organised, and, and they do work the socks off. As we proved, proved that against England, didn't they? Yeah, it's their keeper that's the issue, though, I think. So if you're your chairman in the Premier League, you're sitting there with a whole chunk of money coming into January, who are the top three players that have impressed you in that you're going to go out and buy? Depends who you're managing. Uh, give us a club. Okay. <laughs> if you are, well, if the if the Liverpool part takeover takes place or Man United, if, that, if they get a takeover, do top three for both of those. Right, okay. I'll start with Liverpool. Obviously, you say players that have impressed you but I'm not going to go past at the moment Mbappe just because you know I'm a Liverpool fan and I want Mbappe and <laughs> he's been good in spells hasn't he he's been good in spells just in so real world uh, yeah well <laughs> I don't I don't want to have my Liverpool goggles on but so I'll say Rashford as well because that goal he scored the free kick was just immense wasn't it and um, just to, I'm trying to think who else let's go just for that strike for Messi let's go Messi <laughs> <laughs> Rob boring predictions I know you go Liverpool as well, Rob? Yeah, if it was Liverpool, it's got to be midfielders. So looking at Enzo Fernandez of Argentina, led a couple of games. It would have probably been Valverde before the tournament, but they've kind of whittled out Uruguay. So I'd be looking at Bellingham, depending on how he plays in the next game. Mm-hmm. And then another attacker. So at the minute, it's going to be Gakbo. So three goals, three games, first tournament. Got the Rob Tate from Man United as well. Man United, so... I'd be defensive players, so I'd be looking at some of the underrated defenders. So that'd be probably looking at the Senegalese back line. So obviously, Kulabali's already gone, so maybe pick one or two players out of there. Their left back's quite weak at the minute with just Shaw and then Teller is out on loan. So I'd be looking at Switzerland, maybe Rodriguez, and then maybe another attacking player. So there's been rumours of Salah on the move from Watford for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Standing also maybe pick him, him up. Sure. Yeah, I mean, Modric is impressing me for Croatia. You know, he's still 30. If you're Man United, you get someone like that in, you know, just because he can keep the midfield going. He's a midfield general. The midfield will be in a retirement though by the time the season starts again. Hey, there's, there's, there's method in madness. <laughs> <laughs> I would say uh, Rashford as well, maybe, because I, I know we plays for them, but, you know, if you're looking at players that are pressing the tournament, you have to go Rashford, potentially. And then, um, let's say maybe Richarlison as well, because um, everyone knows his quality, but because he's always miserable. You don't really want to like him, but he has been... If you, if you take that aside, it's the unlikability factor. He's been one of the standout performers with the goals he scored for Brazil. Um, so, yeah, Richarlison, Rashford and Modric. My issue with Richarlison is put any other player in the same position he gets in, they're scoring the same goals. I know what you're saying, but I mean, from a Liverpool hat again, if, you, if you're not even putting Firmino on the squad, Jesus has had a great season for Arsenal. He's not even getting a game and he's starting with Charleston. He must see something in, mustn't he? No, but in general, like not just like Brazil, just if you put any striking positions that he scored those goals in, they aren't special goals. He hasn't exactly lit it up at Tottenham, has he, or at Everton? I know, but you're being asked a question on the World Cup, and it's kind of like, it's only been three games, so it's kind of hard to <laughs> assess. You know, if you go on the first three games, Harry Kane's been nowhere. He's set up a few goals, fair enough, but he's, he's not this world class striker that everyone's set up. Yeah, yeah so. Playing in midfield. <laughs> exactly. Less, yeah. Absolutely 
We've teed up with Billionaire Board Games to play and review a few of their titles, including NFL Billionaire and both the Chelsea and West Ham editions of their popular football billionaire game. Suitable for ages six upwards, we'll be taking the board games out to some watch-along parties to get the fans' view, as we live our dream of becoming football club owners, creating the perfect team to win trophies in round about an hour of playing time. Check out our social media channels or sportizzle.com where we posted the links you'll need to take a look for yourselves. Focusing a bit back on to England, what do we think the lineup's going to be for the Senegal game? What do I think it be or what I want it to be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll, so, they'll just go what he's used to and it's not what we should do because, all right, we won comfy against, against the round, but the other two games were terrible to watch. Hmm. I, that shouldn't be English football, not with the players who we've got. Our strength isn't in defence, so why sit back? Yeah, yeah. The strength is going forward. So like some of the comments have coming out about the players think you've had Drogba commenting on Foden not starting. Yeah. Tafu commenting on Arnold not starting. And I'm always going to be slightly biased because I am a Liverpool fan, but I don't see why any other player is starting over Arnold at right back. He seems to want to try and pick any other player but Arnold. But him. It's like yeah. there's an agenda. Then you get it every sort of time one of these players comes around, there's always seems to be a gender against them not to pick them for whatever reason. Hmm. But so I think you kind of had it when we had, I think it was back in 98, you had Sheringham, was it Cole, Shearer, Fowler, Owen, and a couple others. And Fowler hardly got looking at the time. He was prolific in the Premier League. Hmm. Uh, there's always that one player in that generation that, just get snubbed. Yeah. So uh, it's a shame no matter who they play for. But there's no, I don't see why Foden hasn't started over Mount. Mount hasn't had a good season so far, whereas Foden plays in exactly the same role but hasn't been given the chance. So who, who do you think he's going to go with? He's obviously going to play 4 3 3 or 4, sorry, 4 2, 4 2 1 3. It seems to be his preferred um, method. Yeah. Who's, going to, who's he going to play in that top three? It's going to be Kane. And who's going to be the two it up will be Kane, unfortunately, and it should be Rashford starting through the middle, especially mm. after what's happened. And then it should be Sterling and Saka either side. And if he was going to play a three-man midfield, I have to watch him Henson come on the pitch. It's a completely different midfield. Yes, it may be a little bit more negative, but it's that calming presence in midfield. They don't have any, anybody else. Rice may be that player in a couple of years' time, but it isn't him now. It's the same comes around every year, well, all the time when new club captains put in place. It shouldn't ever be a striker. Mm. They play at the front of the pitch. They don't see what's going on. It should be somebody in the middle of the field. And at the minute, there's no one in the middle of the field that controls the game. That you may have the experience elsewhere on the pitch, but look, you've got look who's playing. He's playing Maguire, Stones, Bellingham, Rice. Well, what, under 25, apart from Maguire? Hmm. Would you trust Maguire to be captain? Or well, have no. that kind of an influence on your team? <laughs> it needs to come from somewhere else. It ain't Kane. Uh, he may be world-class for his club, but for country, he scores goals against little teams, but doesn't show up on the big stage. Yeah, I think it goes back to your point in the first episode. I think he's playing in midfield. He's dropping and dropping and dropping, and that's why he set up three goals. 
because he's not he's not doing what he should be doing in being right there That's in the right. box. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, was it? I think it was four touches in the opposition penalty box in the first two games. Yeah. That's shocking. I think McGuire had more touches and one half in the opposition <laughs> box. So it, what about it, um what about Madison? Do you think he's still injured or he's just not not kind of up there in, in Southgate's thoughts? I think he is there. I think if he'd had been fit, he would have played. So I think it's another conundrum taking an injured player, which England are renowned for doing. Hmm. Done it in the past and we're still doing it now. Do you think he did it because of the clamour of the press and his form in the Premier League or he genuinely thinks he's a good enough player to go? There's a bit of everything. Like he needed to make some decisions and they always take that one player just to get a bit of the press. They did it, did it with Walcott when he was, what, 17? Did it with Owen in the 98 World Cup. I don't think he'd have been picked by any other manager then. Yes, he scored a world against Argentina in that tournament, but he, he didn't have much Liverpool at that point. Yeah. So I think some players just picked to grab a bit of headlines and take the pressure off somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it's just same old England. <laughs> Always be fans out there rose tinted glasses in, but we won 6-2. Yeah, but we conceded two goals against Iran. It is Iran at the end of the day. We shouldn't have conceded two goals. We should have been a clean seat. Did we ask you who you think is going to get to the final? So I think there'll be about four upsets in the eight games. Just depends on where they're going to land. So I think Brazil will end up getting all the way, which means they'll probably knock out Argentina or Netherlands along the way. And then it'll probably end up being France versus Portugal or Spain. Because if we end up playing against France, there's not a chance of getting past them. No. Yes, they don't look as good as what they did in the last tournament, but they look comfortable when they are on the ball. Their only weak link at the minute is he insists on playing for Rana at centre-back, mm. which seems to be their main weak link, which you wouldn't have thought you'd be saying four years ago. So that'll probably end in what, a France-Brazil World Cup final. Who takes it? I think that honestly depends if Neymar's fit or not. I think if Neymar's fit, Brazil have got the better squad, especially in midfield. They've got more players they can swap and change, whereas France is quite limited mm. in who they can bring in into the engine room. So I think Rabiot's been their standout player in midfield, but they're missing Kante. They didn't have Pogba. And yeah. they, they are missing Matuidi, who's now playing the MLS. Obviously, isn't getting picked. Mm-hmm. Do you think a lot of the players that go to MLS, they see it as a weak league? Same as kind of Middle East and, and China and stuff. They- Most of them do go for their last paycheck, which you can't blame them. Mm-hmm. But the MLS is getting better. You've only got to look at the USA side and the Canadian side for that. That's where yeah. most of their squad is playing. Mm-hmm. And there's players that are being picked up and being brought across to like the Portuguese league. There's players feeding across. Uh, same with the Japanese league. There's players slowly filtering across. I think Celtic have a couple of players that play for Japan mm-hmm. that are playing. So same with everything. Things always improve. But it's just where those players end up coming from and how long they stay there for. Yeah. So our bet for Golden Gloves is gone. Our bet for Golden Boot has gone. <laughs> who who do we think we're going to replace those with now? <laughs> so I think Golden Gloves, the odds on favour at the minute is Alisson because he had their first goal tonight, but that's two clean sheets. And in regard to Golden Boot, is probably between Blackpool and Mbappe at the minute. So it depends on how well the Netherlands play against USA. Hmm. 
France would get past Poland. It's just another three scores for them. Yeah, I think Poland are going to set up very defensively again, aren't they? And, yeah. you know, they're going to isolate Lewandowski, but that's kind of how they play. Try and get them on the counter, but I don't think they're going to be that difficult to get around. Like you said, there's going to be some upsets around there in that last round of 16. Yeah, so I think there'll be three or four, so potentially half of the favourites go out. Like Australia have been playing well, they just haven't finished their chances. So they, with the way Argentina have been playing, they could quite easily get knocked out by Australia. Yeah, and you know, you've got some, like you said before, Japan against Croatia, you've got USA against Netherlands, Senegal against England, Morocco against Spain. There's, there's a good chance of upsets. It is set up perfectly. It is. Obviously not it's ideal for the neutral fan, but not if you want to sit comfortably watching the 90 minutes as a fan <laughs> of those countries. So best games so far have been the last games of the group stages. I think it's because there's a bit of jeopardy there, isn't there? People, yeah. some people have to kind of come out of their shell and try and and force the game, and that that provides a bit of kind of openness of the the actual game itself, and then and then you get a bit of drama. That hasn't been there for the first two games, like they normally is. They normally like to get it done and dusted, but it, yeah, it's been weird. It's like they don't really want to be there, which yeah. you can't blame them. Really, what's happened? But if you don't want to be there, don't go. <laughs> give you right. somebody else who actually wants to be there exactly there's been a b- bit of controversy around VAR and some decisions around there it seems to be less so offside because that seems to be very black and white at the moment but there's other decisions around kind of handballs um, and obviously the ball whether it went out or not against for Japan do, do you think how do you think it's VAR has fared has it been worse than the kind of we see in the Premier League or is it better or I think it's been 50-50 as normal <laughs> I don't have an issue with waiting as long as the right decision's made the Japan one yesterday that was the right decision alright they didn't show you it straight away and it's taken basically 24 hours to give you the footage of the picture but mm-hmm. it was clearly that that ball hadn't fully crossed the line but compare that to the Portugal penalty the other day against Uruguay with Jimenez where it was given his handball when there's no way that would have been handball he wasn't looking at the ball his arm was behind him to support his weight or going to ground Yeah, but it shouldn't be given completely agree there's no way and that was meant to be one of the better referees in the world Danny Matale how can you overturn that it's Bizarre sort of decisions, but it's the same as always with VR. As long as it goes your way, people don't care, but as soon as it goes against you, there's uproar. Mm. It'd be fine if the right, they keep using the word objective, and that shouldn't be the case. It's is it correct or is it wrong? If it's wrong, overrule it. Mm-hmm. If the decision's right, leave it. Yeah. There shouldn't be any of this objectiveness about what's it, what's happened then, what's happened now. Mm-hmm. It's either right or wrong. Yeah, and I think there's a couple of examples um, recently where it, it's clearly, clearly offside or an offside or it was clearly a foul or something like that. And instead of VR telling the referee, okay, it's clearly this, they were referring it to the TV screen and the referee had to come across to the TV screen to watch it. And it's like, it's clear to everybody, just give him the decision yeah. and, let, and let the game carry on. It's, it's things like yeah. that I need to eradicate to to make it better and more acceptable, I think. It's like the one that's most annoying in the Premier League is when it's clearly offside, they're offside by about five yards and they mm. let them play on. So the defenders are breaking the next to get back and it is going to end with somebody getting seriously hurt, whether that's a goalkeeper, an attacker or whatever, because they'll just lose their rag one day, one of the players, and they'll just take somebody out. Yeah. Because it should easily be called, the whistle should, whistle should be blown no matter where it is. Playing those are offside, just stop the game. Yeah, you know, I think there was an example of yeah. Newcastle, wasn't it? The the centre midfielder, the, the linesman put his flag up, he carried on, he slotted it home, they went to VAR and he wasn't offside. 
and and obviously the goal was no, given. I don't but, mind that when it's tight, but it's it's the instances where it's clear to everyone it's offside. Yeah. Commentators can see it. Like, there's no objection, and they let it play on. Yeah, um, just you can see the players away. on the pitch knows it's offside, but they have to track that yeah. at full pace because they know. Well, they know nothing's going to get done until they touch the ball or whatever. And yeah. it's, it's pathetic. I, I do like the um, the referee initiative in this World Cup where they're trying to get the time back. It's all the time wasting yeah, and that's the, the injuries. Right. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, the matches are going seven, eight, nine, ten minutes over yeah. the, the 90 minutes to compensate for that. I think that's really good. And I think that should roll out to certainly yeah. the Premier League. The amount Especially of time wasting. Watching the Premier League this season, it's been terrible. Yeah. I mean, you've had Newcastle do it against Liverpool, which cost them the game. Well, a draw so it cost them two points at one point Everton have been renowned for it over the last couple of seasons with Pickford mm. uh, but it's just getting too much like people pay good money to go and watch 90 minutes of football and when you look at like the average time the ball was in play mm. it's like 65 minutes in some of the games as soon as the ball goes out where it's a foul the clock should just be stopped yeah. they don't want to pay the added time just stop the clock yeah absolutely it happens in NFL they have a match exactly. clock everyone can see it as soon as the ball stops it stops the referee can yeah. add time back onto it. It's all managed. I think yeah. it's probably going to move towards that sort of thing, which isn't a bad thing. Because it's like, was it five subs now in the Premier League as well? Yeah. So if all, if all subs are used, that's 30 seconds per sub it's meant to be, which mm-hmm. equates to two and a half percent. That should be at least five minutes of extra time, minimum, if all those subs are used. How often yeah. do you see five minutes of extra time? You don't do. You get two or three minutes. And also how long, how many times does a sub take 30 seconds? It's the player trudges off or he's, Puts captain exactly. down as someone else, and it takes what? And two, that's three not really including like any fouls or free kicks or corners yeah. or any of that type. And it's long overdue. Yeah, but it's one thing you can actually give the officials credit for. They have managed. That's the only thing they've managed well consistently. Time. Yeah. And if you notice, it's the time that's been added on as the tournament's gone on. It's got less and less. So I think it was averaging out about ten minutes in the first couple of games, and now it's down to about six. Mm. Probably because the TV so, companies started complaining that they couldn't get to their ads in time. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, but they've obviously got cottoned on to the fact that any time they waste will be added on. Mm. Thanks for joining us today, Rob and Sean, and a big thanks to everyone for listening. Join us again soon for another Sports Community Collective podcast brought to you by sportiswell.com, the free-to-register sports social community platform. If you like what you've heard today, you can subscribe to our podcast, join us at sportiswell.com, or check our social media channels. We have a whole host of podcasts planned, some of which include continued analysis of the World Cup, a review of the Formula One season and preview of the coming Formula One season, a return of the Premier League special, a number of podcasts that will cover the NFL playoffs, divisional championship games and the NFL Super Bowl in February 2023. We have plenty of others covering the big events in the sporting world, so please keep listening.